the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, coming back on a Tuesday. Coming up at 6.35, we're just talking about him. Dinesh D'Souza will join us. He's got a new book to go along with his movie, so we'll want to talk to him about that. He's being sued by some people because of the movie. I'll talk to him about that and ask him some questions about it. So that's coming up at 6.35. Simone is here, and she's sitting right across from me. She was at a Halloween party last night. Was it a good one? It wasn't last night. We were on, it was the 29th. Oh, well, okay. The Saturday. Saturday. It was a Saturday night. Do you remember it? I only had two sangrias. Oh, okay. So I, <laughs> the third one would have kicked me, though, because I woke up tasting the sangria. Oh, boy. She was definitely on the edge. Acid reflux. Yeah. Man, I hate acid reflux. There's nothing worse to be. It was good have. sangria, though. Yeah, first time down. <laughs> it's never good when you taste nothing it is. second time. Uh-uh. That's not fun at all. So anyway, last night, you'll like this, Heidi. I had, I had a ton of kids come by last night. 5.30, two kids show up. One's, <laughs> one's dressed like uh, from some one of the new cartoons they got on the Cartoon Network. Uh, the, the the professor with the, the, the white hair. Rick, Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, so he's dressed up like that. His sister, or I thought it was a sister, maybe it was his brother, uh, was with him. Looked to be about four. And he had this thing across his face. You couldn't tell who it was or what it was. And looked like the woman in black from one of those movies about the, the, the ghost uh, haunting the house. But they showed up. So I give them both huge handfuls of candy, right? They leave. And I should have give, went ahead and gave them both the bag of candy, Heidi. Let them split it because that's the only two trick-or-treaters I had all night long. And, and I had my porch light on. I mean, if if the porch lights on, you're game, right? You're, right. You're 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 celebrating, and I was ready to go. Luckily, I didn't do like I did two years ago, where I bought like three big old bags. So I had I had about ten kids come by, and I <laughs> I had tons of candy left over. How old was the young man dressed as Rick? I bet he was eight. Have you ever watched that cartoon? That's no. not age appropriate. <laughs> no, I haven't that, watched that it. That child should definitely not know who that oh, is. Okay, well, he knew who it was. He was dressed like him, had the, had the white lab coat on yeah. and all that. Oh, I mean, man. I recognized him from the commercials that I right. see on television. His parents and, are in uh, trouble. And Dad was take, had taken him out. Yeah. He, he yeah. was with him. Well, he doesn't realize it yet. Yeah, he's not watching the show. That's what. <laughs> or, he, or he probably watches it and Let's you know, the kid watch yeah, it. thinks that it's great is ha 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 <laughs> yeah it doesn't want gets, kid gets to watch it like this 
hand over his face <laughs> with the uh, with the oh you have to put fingers. it over your ears too yeah, your oh, ears are the oh, big one. Oh really yeah oh, they curse a lot in it cursing he's a- constantly drunk oh, bourbon really? is, oh is it's it's funny as funny can be as for an adult but as a child yeah there's no child okay well yeah. i haven't seen it so and i don't turn on the cartoon network and i definitely don't put on adult swim no you know my my older kids watch that stuff mm-hmm. they're in their they're in their 30s and they watch that stuff. Some of it's super funny, but it is some of the most disgusting stuff you'll ever see in your life. I left cartoons after Angry Beavers. <laughs> well, well, you know, I liked Angry Beavers. Angry That's Beavers. That's quite a title there, they, they, yes. so do you remember? Do you remember that show? No, no. About I don't. the two beavers that lived together? Oh, it was hilarious. No. <laughs> it was very, very good. I liked Angry Beavers. That was good. I like it. Yeah, angry. yeah, the title of the show, yes, it could be a little misleading. I don't disagree with that. That could fit and in then genre. And then Ren and Stimpy. I used to love Ren was, and Stimpy. Yeah, right. It was great, and that was kind of the start of the cartoon age inappropriate inappropriate cartoons. Yeah, well, I got a kick out of, what was it, the one that uh, Stimpy was the little chihuahua, right? Mm-hmm. Ren was the big guy. And they, uh, Stimpy was uh, coughing up hairballs. Have you ever seen that one? And they were they were making widgets out of it, you know. <laughs> and it was it was hilarious. It showed him after about about a week coughing up hairballs, and he was all emaciated and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. I got a big kick. Oh, they wouldn't like it today. It's too inappropriate because well, they made fun of everybody. Started. That's the way Angry Beaver said. They made fun of everybody. <laughs> That's what, uh, you know, uh, South Park is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, South Park gets away with it. That's you know, a golden child. You know, you, know you, you skewer everybody. South Park, Family Guy, I mean, you name it. Is There's a whole list of them. I mean, we grew up on Beavis and Butthead, isn't it? Oh, that was, my Lord. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was like, Fire. That was three <laughs> three or four years of all your friends doing the voices 24 hours did a you day. Watch, did you watch uh, Paramount's? Uh, you know, Matt Judge did a new uh, movie. Butthead. Oh, I haven't it was, we haven't got to see it. It's yet. funny. Is it's it? yeah, it's good. It's he, very good. He's done good. some of the greatest stuff. On, you know, his Idiocracy was one of the greatest movies ever made. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but it's a. Matt I Judge forget who's movie. in it, but yes, I have seen it. Yeah, yeah. I Matt Judge is a genius. He yeah. really is. I mean, King of the Hill. What a great show that was. Show a great that show. was. Yeah, too. Yeah. It was very very funny. I, propane I enjoyed and it. Propane. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't. Who did? Who did? Uh, Hank uh, Hank's uh, voice. I think I it's Matt Judge. Is that Judge that does him? Yeah. Propane I like. I love Bumgardner. I liked him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the conspiracy theory. Yeah. Or was, Boomhauer. Yeah. Boomhauer. Now, luckily, I would put on the closed captioning. And he really was saying stuff. Was he? Yeah, he really was saying stuff, and it would decipher it for you. So about five thirty last night, I'm waiting for the kids to come by. So I did what I always do on Halloween night that I enjoy the most, and I sat down. I turned on Turner Classic Movies, and they had all of the uh, well. Earlier, they had the Hammer classic movies on, where mm-hmm. you had uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing doing uh, Dracula and, mm-hmm. and the Mummy. Oh, I think the Mummy done by Christopher Lee in 1959 is the best Mummy movie ever made. I love mm-hmm. that flick. So I, I watched that last night. Then I watched Frankenstein. 
They, then they went to Universal. Classics. Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Son of Frankenstein, <laughs> The Wolfman, and what was the last one that they did? Oh, The Invisible Man with Claude Rains. Which was great. Great yeah, stuff. Great. Yeah, my, my favorite part of that when he's in the pub and he starts jumping around and woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo, and he starts <laughs> unwrapping the bandages off of him and he's disappearing and people... They had that one lady was in all of the Frankenstein movies. She was always screaming. Do you remember the old lady? Yeah, she was. Ah! Yeah, she was screaming all that. She was. She's in that movie. I didn't realize she was in that one. So yeah. So I was watching those. Then I went to bed because I got to get up so early. That's what I yeah, told. We went to bed pretty early. Yeah, we were in bed pretty early last night. It's what I told Simone about not last night, but the night before was The Shining. Exactly. How unbelievable The Shining was! Is you know, that- I'm I'm not a big Shining fan because I loved the book, and I thought that they just went off the rails making the movie. Yeah, I mean, I like Jack Nicholson in it, and uh, and, sh- and wasn't she- Shelley Duvall? Wasn't her? Who was it? Shelley? Uh, I wasn't don't. Wasn't it Duvall? Was it? Yeah, maybe it was Duvall. Yeah, because I'm thinking. I'm thinking it was Shelley Long, and it wasn't Shelley no. Long. She was in Cheers, so it was a Duvall. De- you know, she Duvall. was, yeah, Duvall was in it. She talks about. Remember the scene where they're on the stairs in the in the motel, and Jack Nicholson just slaps the snot out of mm-hmm. her. That took like because uh, De Depa- not De Palma, uh, the director Kubrick uh, liked to take a lot of takes. He took like 25 takes of that, and every time, uh, you know, Nicholson didn't hold up. He he hit you. Dang. (laughs) And he was smacking the living devil out of her. She said the next day they had to put extra makeup on her because her side of her face was all bruised up and everything. Yeah. He beat on her. I I do. I mean, that's got the classic scene of him with the axe. Here's Johnny. I love that scene. That's a great scene. I think one of the greatest scenes he did was sitting with the young kid and putting him on his leg and asking him the questions about, did your mom tell you to say that? Is when the kid's asking him, Daddy, will you ever hurt mom or me? And he's like, did your mom tell you to say that? It's a great scene. Well, you read the book. The book is much more creepier. Than the movie is. Well, I books mean, usually it, are. Yeah, it, it really is. And I was disappointed because all the, the uh, what do they call it, when they cut the bushes to look like animals and stuff. Shrubbery. Right. Yeah, the, the, the shrubbery stuff, but there's a, a name for that. Opi- the topiary. Yeah, topiary. Yeah, topiary stuff. See, all those come alive in the book. And they're chasing them. Oh. They're, th- they're chasing them through the stuff. I used to have nightmares of exactly that thing. Yeah, and yeah. they all turned into snakes. The topiary would all turn into. Well, snakes. this wasn't snakes. I mean, they had all kinds of animals chasing them in the book. Snake it was, was really good. Me. Yeah, you I'd know, never, I'd never read the book, but I, I hadn't seen the movies for, for probably over twenty or thirty years. Yeah, it's and been I, a while. I, I just thought, well, I'll watch it. Is and it was pretty. It was good. I liked it. And then the big tidal wave of blood. Yeah, now, awesome. We're going to see that Tuesday night next week. The big title wave of blood that's coming. Yeah, we'll Ele- see. Election night. Yes, yeah. they, if everybody gets caught. out and votes. Yep, you got to get out and vote. you got to do that. By the way, let me remind you, do you guys uh, accept guests for the uh, women's uh, Pulaski Republican? RSVP. Okay, how do you how do you RSVP? Oh well, on our Facebook page. That's what you mean? To. No, anyway, go ahead. It's on the Facebook page for PCRW, and um, I can get you the information after the 
show. About yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be there on the 10th, and I'm going to be talking about the election. And you know my prediction. I predict that we will win the Senate and that we will win at least 44 seats in the House. It is what they're saying, but I talked to my brother, amazingly enough, and he's in Pennsylvania, is, and he said that uh, he is convinced that Fetterman is going to win. Not because he wants him to, just because, and with the early voting before that, it could happen. He, he said the people that he talks to is, uh, he doesn't find anyone that likes Oz. They're all for Fetterman, and half of it's for just, uh, they feel bad for him. No, he's at a stroke, yes. and even though he can't do his job, I'm still going to vote for him. Anyway, just, just Yeah. All right, let me talk about PI Roofing for a second. PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Repeat after me. PI Roofing and home solutions because pi roofing does more than just roofs now uh they do roofs they still do it they're never going to stop doing roofs they are your roof leak uh, leak detective and i've had they've had to do two for me when i first bought the house and i've got i had the roof done and then uh, we had the big hailstorm last December. Had to have my roof done, so I had and I've had them do it twice. They've done a fantastic job both times. I'd say about a third of the houses in my neighborhood have used PI roofing. I know that uh, Matt Smith has used PI roofing for his uh, theaters. I know that uh, Agape Church is using PI roofing for the. The, the roof on uh, their big complex over there, and uh, it's because they're so good. They are fantastic uh, for doing roofs. But they want you to know now that they'll do construction. You know, if you have a, a job around your house, for instance, I need my, uh, my deck fixed. And uh, you can't call some big construction company and say you got like a $3,000 job to do. They look at that and they go, okay. So who are you going to call? <laughs> you know, it's not like, don't call us. We're not interested. So um, I, I got a hold of PI Roofing because they do construction now. Uh, they came out uh, on Monday of last week, and uh, I should be getting my appraisal coming up here on Wednesday or Thursday. So I'm looking forward to that and seeing what it's going to cost over the winter time to get my uh, uh, deck in uh, full regalia for uh, springtime and summer next year. But they do uh, those small jobs that nobody else wants to do. Remember that. Keep that in mind when you need somebody. They also will put in windows for you. They'll put on uh, gutters for you. They do all of that now at PI Roofing using the exact same professionalism that they have for their roofing side of the business. All you have to do is call them 501-707-3115 or visit them online, piroofing.com. So what are the pollsters saying about the midterms? Well, if you read the New York Times yesterday, man, everything is tied or the Democrats are ahead. Right. Man, don't even believe that. They're still doing acid over the New York Times. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that is not what's happening out there uh, in the field. What's happening in the field, if you're seeing that there's a Republican tied with a solid Democrat, mm -hmm. that means the Republicans up three or four points. That's because they polled 70 percent yeah, Democrats. Democrats and, absolutely. Yeah, Democrats, absolutely. I mean, just use some common sense when you're talking about Here's the latest that I got for you right here. Uh, the Hill who is not, let me repeat this, is not a, a big group of uh, conservatives, right. all right, uh, writing for them. 
Based on current trends, Republicans is, are going to gain between 30 to 35 House seats. That's, that's too few. It would be somewhere between 40 and 50. Is what's going uh, Look, Obama, we took 60 when Obama mm. ran for re-election, in, in, or not re-election, but midterms in 2010. You remember that? Yeah. Don't forget about that. And, and you, they got him out trying to fire up the base right now. And he just don't have that flair anymore. Wrong yeah. guy, wrong guy to put out there. And uh, they're saying the Hill's saying we can you know, come away with a two-seat advantage in the Senate. I think it's going to be more like a four-seat advantage. That outcome would flip both chambers of the House and the Senate to GOP control, but wouldn't necessarily rise to 94 or 2010 losses when the Democrats lost 53 and 63 House seats, respectfully. I believe it when I see it. That's yeah. I believe I, it when I see I know, it. Yeah. I know you guys. I know you. Skeptical. You, you haven't cheating. been around as long as I have. The well, go- I worry about the coming. cheating. Yeah. The governorships are the ones that seem somewhat amazing to me, is that Washington's looking like it might go red. Michigan's looking like it's there Washington a looks like it may go red in the Senate. Patty Murray yeah. may lose. Yeah. That would be. That must mean that everybody who can be a, a Republican over <laughs> on the east side of the Cascades has voted. Right. It would seem like because it's the outside at. of the city people who are all red. That's right. Yeah, it's not Seattle. Seattle, they're crazy, just like yeah. the people in Portland and Philly. Yeah. And in Oregon, they may lose the uh, governor's race. Yeah. I mean, you pass a law two years ago that makes all drugs legal. And now you got overriding homelessness in the streets. Which they had the beginnings of before yeah. that. Well, I understand that. But you tell people, go ahead, we'll make it legal for you to use heroin and uh, cocaine and uh, meth. Misdemeanor. And meth. And, and, you, and you wonder why people are homeless? Come on, man. You know, figure this one out. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if they, it, it, it might be uh, smart. To make it decriminalize somehow, yeah. but making it legal, I don't know well, about I think, that. I think that's the big problem with making anything either either decriminalizing or making it legal is that you don't put any kind of education in the back end of it. Is and you promote they seemingly somewhat promote it as and after it gets legal, they right. seem to promote it. Uh, whereas it should still yeah, be something that you have to seek out. It. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it is, and that's the problem. Right. Making money off of it. You know, it's like even here in Arkansas with your medical, is you've got the buildings that are big green buildings. Everyone knows where the marijuana place is And they at. promote mm-hmm. it. To, to me is, all right, as I can understand is if you want to legalize it or do what you want to do, but no one should know where it is at. Is It should be something that if you want to smoke marijuana, you need to seek it out. Yeah, I'm... That's not the case. I mean, you can, I can, I can tell you at least ten big billboards that I see that uh, advertise yeah. a place that's selling it. My thing is, is how many people are going to vote for issue four, thinking that it's only about rolling a, uh, you know, a doobie and and lighting it, which it isn't. I mean, you're giving about eight people complete control yes. of marijuana in the state, the state of Arkansas. Why would you? Give uh, a group of people all the abilities of being a cartel. Yeah. Why would you make that legal for <laughs> and, somebody? And, and that that would be my big question behind it is does does it, it you still won't be allowed to grow your own? 
No, you can't grow your own. That's the problem. That's that's a big. I mean, that's insanity. Why, why that's do you why think they, they can. They don't want to give up. A, they don't want to give up a dime of the profits, brother. Right. <laughs> wow. That's just the way that it is. And I want to know who is this sheriff that they have. I grew up in Wynn, Arkansas. Right. Yeah. I <laughs> think this it. is a great thing to do. I want to find out who this guy is and which of the uh, growers he's being paid by. Right. Oh well, he's definitely being paid for that. I mean, does it, does it, a mom on it. now too. Yeah, so what, what, oh, they got a mom on. They've now? got a mom yeah. on with a about a three year old. And, and I want my yeah, I want my son to grow up smoking marijuana. I want to know how many how many people the sheriff has locked up also yeah. for smoking marijuana. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, talk to Harris about that. Probably, yeah. Probably her buddy. Yeah. Now she talks about legalizing it, and she's, she locked up thousands of people. She for was one of the worst. For smoking it. Well, uh, a, a doobie. We were talking about, you know, as the, the hippies, when you were a child, is if, I, if I remember correctly, at that point in time in history, is if you had a roach on you, you were going to jail yes, for like 10 correct. years. They had the yeah. John St. Clair thing. Is You go to jail for a long yes. time. I mean, a long time. Not a short time, a very long time. All right, let's take a break, get some news. When we come back, Dinesh D'Souza will join us. It's all happening right here on the station, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Back with you here on Dave Ellswick's show. Don't forget about East End Towing. You get stuck on the side of the highway, and I'm not talking about you get stuck because your car broke down. I'm talking about if you're, if you're pulling your trailer with your boat on it and, or your party barge, and suddenly your car breaks down. Or because not, uh, not because of your car breaking down. I want to go back and, and correct that, but uh, a bearing goes out on your trailer. And uh, what do you do then? Well, East End Towing, take care of that. How about if you've got your camper? I mean, some of you drive campers that you you could have a big rave party in it. I mean, seriously. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you need to get off the side of the road. They can do that. And if you got one of those huge, I mean, I know I don't see Winnebago's that much on the road anymore. But you got one of those Class A uh, you know things on the that you're driving around. I don't know how you afford it, but you do, uh, and it breaks. And you want to get off the side of the road? Know that East End Towing can do that as well. All you have to do is call them five zero one eight 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 eighty eight forty nine five zero one eight 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 eighty eight forty nine. Now we're lucky today. We we're lucky because we have this man on. I would say at least once a quarter. And I always like having him on because he'll give you the truth. The truth and nothing but the truth. And Dinesh D'Souza joins us this morning. Dinesh, how you doing, man? Uh, hey, I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's always a, a pleasure to have you on uh, with us. Hey, by the way, that, that the new movie that you have on about the mules was a 2000. I forget how many mules we're talking about here. What's the number on that again? <laughs> yeah, it's it's 2000 mules, and now there's a book of the same title that has just come out. Yeah, that's just just come out, and we're going to talk about that. I want to talk about how the left has attacked you. I mean, they consistently. Attack, uh, attack you. They say that the stuff that's in that movie isn't true and blah, 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 but they never, they're never able to offer any proof that what you're saying is not true. Well, <laughs> let's uh, notice that uh, the movie is challenging a premise that they have put into place immediately following the 2020 election that this was the most secure election in history. Now, even leaving aside the movie, 
there was never one iota of proof for that. What, by that I mean nobody ever produced a comparison showing there was a smaller amount of fraud in 2020 than, let's say, in 2016, 2012, 2008, 2004, and so on. So the assertion was from the beginning dogmatic. And yet, if you challenged it, you're like an election denier, you're a big liar, you need to be excommunicated, ostracized, thrown off social media, and so on. Mm-hmm. So the movie comes along and it exposes this whole dogma, but it does it by showing you surveillance footage of election crimes being committed and election fraud in an organized sense, not just one guy who voted three times or a dead guy who voted over here, but organized, coordinated fraud in the key swing states. And you see this through cell phone geo-tracking and you see this through surveillance video. Not a single person, to my knowledge, has challenged the authenticity of that video. It comes from the states themselves. So you can see the problem that the so-called fact-checkers, the debunkers, and so on have the proof doesn't really depend on believing me. I mean, I'm not saying, hey, listen, I've got some affidavits in my back pocket. No, I'm showing you the evidence. You can see it with your own two eyes. Yeah, and that's the key. They keep telling us, they keep gaslighting everybody and saying, don't believe your uh, lying eyes. Exactly, exactly. That is what they say. Well, they try various tactics. You know, uh, I'm thinking here, for example, of one of the fact checks from the influential uh, AP, the Associated Press. Um, so Ali Swenson, who's the fact checker, she writes this. She says, well, Dinesh says that the mules were wearing gloves, but we got to remember it was really cold in Georgia in January of 2021 during the runoffs. Now, if anyone sees the movie, they'll notice that the mules are wearing like leather gloves or woolen gloves for the winter. No, they're wearing latex gloves. <laughs> And as soon as they drop the ballots in the box, they pull the gloves off, throw them in the trash can. So what kind of a fact check is this? I mean, it makes no sense. It's stupid for anyone who's seen the movie. And in the same fact check, the same fact checker says, well, Dinesh claims that the mules are taking photos to get paid, but many people were very proud of having voted in the 2020 election, and they wanted to post photos of themselves on social media. Well, again, if you watch the film, there's not a single person taking a selfie with an I voted sticker. Every guy is taking photos of the ballots going in the box or of the box itself. So the photos are a kind of receipt that you submit to get paid. So once again, if you haven't seen the movie, you read the fact check, you're like, wow, this is kind of persuasive. But if you see the movie, you realize how dumb and, in fact, malicious these fact checks are. Now, we may have to show the movie here in Little Rock again and then talk and then have your book out so people can buy it because your book goes into this even more depth. Look, we were talking about this earlier in another capacity. We were talking about the movie The Shining. Of course, it's Halloween yesterday, and I was talking to one of my guests about how they had watched The Shining, and I said the book was better. It went into depth about why things happen same way with you you've gone into even super depth uh, now about why this all happened and how it happened well a book can do that you know um, a movie is 90 minutes and um, and in the movie you have to do some recreations so for example Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips of True the Vote had completed their research 
into this topic. So we created a set and we recreated Greg's office and we put some maps on the wall. Well, some of the critics were like, wait a minute, that's not really Greg's office. Those maps aren't really the maps of the regions we're talking about. And this is kind of like seeing all the president's men and saying, wait a minute, that's not the Washington Post actual <laughs> newsroom. That's not really Woodward and Bernstein sitting over there. So movies do take a little bit of liberties in order to tell a story. Um, but books don't do that. A book is more just like a legal brief. It just lays it out. You can provide a lot more references and explanation. This book coming out a few months after the movie, I've been able to take stock of all the critics, all the so-called debunkings, Liz Cheney, Bill Barr, answer them all in the book. So the book has a lot of stuff. It complements the movie, and yet it goes beyond the movie. Now, you, you make the statement that the 2020 election was not uh, the most uh, secure election in history. Now we're here. We're hearing that same story again now as we go to the polls in uh, 2022. How can people feel positive about going to the polls this uh, you know next week on on Tuesday that a lot of these things have been addressed? Other than in Republican states, they really have tightened up things. Yes, there have been some voter integrity laws that have made things better. Uh, I think that across the country, the movie itself, by the way, the movie's been seen by some 20 million people. So there's a lot of awareness of this problem. In Arizona, for example, uh, during early voting, you have patriots who like do tailgate parties outside the mailbox. And they, they're like, listen, we're going to watch these mail-in drop boxes and see if any shenanigans happen. And by the way, you're perfectly, that's perfectly legal. Yeah. Um, the left tried to say this is voter suppression, and they went to a judge, and the judge goes, no, these people are exercising their constitutional rights. Uh, so why, and let me ask this question before we take a break. i got to get one more break in. And, and that's this. Why did the Republicans, they didn't, they didn't respond before the election. During the election, we could see some weird things going on, like in Pennsylvania. They start putting up butcher paper on the windows, and people are showing up in the middle of the night, and they got uh, photos of boxes of ballots showing up out of nowhere, and you, you see them dumping them into bins and things of that nature. And then after, it was like a lot of Republicans went, eh, okay, so they cheated. What's new? What's new? Nothing for most part, was done. Although I will say here in Arkansas, we did do some things. We did tighten up some stuff. We had some areas where I know for a fact, and we all know, there was cheating, and uh, we figured out which counties that was happening in, and they came down on them like a ton of bricks. But for the most part, like McConnell and some of the others, they didn't do anything. How come? The guys like McConnell are terrified of the media. That's one factor. There's an element of fear. They don't want to be called election deniers. They want to be considered the responsible wing of conservatism. So part of it is that they they have the wildebeest mentality, which is to say they want to be eaten last by the lion. The, the other factor, though, is a little more insidious, and that is that there are some Republicans, not just rhinos, but mainstream Republican establishment types, that were not unhappy with the result of 2020. In other words, there have Republicans did pretty well down ballot, but Trump lost. So their reasoning goes like this. In comes Biden. Biden's going to be horrible. Uh, there'll be a public revolt against them. The American people will throw the Democrats out and sweep the Republicans back in, but this time without Trump. And that will be the perfect outcome. 
So this is why some of these people, even though I know them, and I'm like, hey, listen, have you watched 2,000 Meals? No, I haven't really seen the movie. They don't want to see the movie, not because it's true, not because it's false. They fear it's true. And if they see it, they can't unsee it. And then they have to do something about it, and they don't want to. They're like, oh, Janash, we've got to move on. Let's not look in the rearview mirror. They don't want a reckoning over what really happened in the 2020 election. All right. We're going to come back, talk further with Dinesh D'Souza here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got a new book out about uh, 2,000 Mules. This goes into big-time depth about what you saw in the movie. Uh, You won't want to miss this book, 2,000 Mules. They thought we'd never find out they were wrong. Uh, And so we will be back with Dinesh here in just a moment. Quick break. I won't be long, Dinesh. You know, fill your your coffee cup back up, and then I'll be back here on the the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about Pat Davis, your health plan man. He's got a powerful team. It's him, his son, his son-in-law, and others, and they're just going to treat you better. They custom-build health plans with what's important to you. No government-controlled subsidies needed that are crazy. And ultimately, and we've talked about this, they're going to go away. It is a non-sustainable uh, you know, type thing that they're doing with health care. It will not continue to go. You will lose those subsidies along the way. Private health plans that uh, pay you to go to the doctor and are available all year round. A lot of people wrote to me, Dave, did I hear that right? Did you say health plans that pay you to go to the doctor? That's absolutely correct, and you need to call and talk to Pat Davis about that. They get the middlemen out who rob you blind. That's not going to happen anymore. Save your money. You know, get good health insurance. Uh, don't pay co-pays anymore. Get those deductibles uh, in, in line and know that they will take good care of you. All you need to do is call Pat and or or you can text him at this number 501-605-6935 uh, again that's the local number 501-605-6935 or visit him online yourhealthplanman.com I just want to remind you that on Thursday's show, early at 6 o'clock, Heritage will be on, my good friends from the Heritage Foundation, and we'll be talking again about the same thing we're talking with Dinesh about today, and that's voter integrity. We've been talking about it for two years. The uh, state legislature did do some stuff. I was uh, proud of what they did. Uh, because of what went down in Pulaski County and some other places. Uh, Nobody went to jail, though I thought some people should have gone to jail, but I didn't. Uh, As much as I like John Thurston, our uh, Secretary of State, I I didn't think uh, he was uh, hard enough on the people that they knew uh, cheated. Dinesh, let me ask this. We can go back all the way to Boss Tweed uh, in New York City. And the Democrats have been, and they were basically Democrats then, uh, they basically have been cheating forever. Look, I grew up outside of Chicago. I know Democrats cheat. My dad never voted Democrat until he died. And now he's, or, you know, he's, he's rolling in his grave because he keeps being casting his ballot for a Democrat candidate. <laughs> so you, you, yeah. tell, you tell me, why, why is the Democrats that way? Well, first of all, you're quite right about the history. I, I tell a little 
uh, anecdote, I mean, true story in the book about how the Democrats tried to steal the 1864 election from Abraham Lincoln. And they did it with mail-in ballots, if you can believe it. They, you know, what happened was the soldiers, of course, were all away at war on the, um, in, in the Civil War, so they couldn't vote in person. So they voted by mail-in ballot. So Democrats figured out a way to intercept ballots, change the votes from, away from Lincoln and to McClellan, and they also started making up ballots. They would, they would write in the soldier's name, and they would vote for him, and the guy would have no idea he even voted. And this is going, so think about it, this goes back more than a century. Mm-hmm. And so this is the party of election fraud. Now, of course, what happened in, in 2020 was that because of COVID, the opportunities for fraud just became so much greater. Oh, yeah. And so we have the most systematic, organized fraud campaign, in my opinion, at least in modern American history. And that's really what this movie and book are about. It's not about voter fraud. Voter fraud is sort of an individual um, fraudulent guy who decides, you know, I've moved three times, so I'll go vote three times because I'm on the voter rolls in three different states. That's not going to tip the balance in the election. We're talking about election fraud, which is organized. Yeah, big time. It's like Chicago and throwing the, the race uh, to Kennedy and things of that nature and uh, back in the 60s. I'm, I'm very well aware of how that all happens. It was done through the unions at, the, at that time, and uh, and it was uh, they put dead people on the rolls. They did it cons- they did it consistently. Uh, Mayor Daley did. The name of, of, of Dinesh's new book, 2,000 Mules, they thought we'd never find out, and they were wrong. And it's uh, published by Regnery. Let you know that Regnery is owned by the company that owns my radio station, Salem Media. But, uh, man, I've had Dinesh on for a long, long time when he was just getting out there and scratching the surface. And, and I knew that he, he had something going right. Finally, let me ask this. What's the remedy for the future uh, on, on this, Dinesh? And, and do the Republicans have the, you know, the gonads to do it? Well, the Republicans will have an opportunity if they take the House and maybe also the Senate to really dig into this. And it's a great opportunity to to expose Democrats and and put their fraud schemes for the American people to see. uh, There's also an opportunity to... uh, There's also an opportunity to... um, to fix the voter, the voter laws. Um, I think it's easier to cheat against one guy. So it's easier to cheat in a presidential election than it is in the midterm election, just because, you know, in 2020, it's all about Trump. Let's figure out how to get Trump. Um, but in the midterm election, you've just got can- very, a whole slate of different candidates in different states. And so to organize a multi-state cheating campaign is just a lot more difficult and complex. So there's a little bit of time for Republicans to get their act together. Obviously, in principle, I prefer a single election day. People show up, they vote in person, they vote with paper ballots. But we've got to realize that these laws are made at the state level. So there will be some states that will have mail-in ballots. I think that if they do, there must be 24-hour surveillance on these ballots. That's already called for in the election rules, and all Republicans have to do is insist that those rules be enforced. Okay. That makes sense to me. It really, really does. It makes sense to me. Uh, Like I said, we've made some improvements here in the state of uh, Arkansas. I think we'll probably make some more after this midterm election because I still don't trust Pulaski County. It's one of the most bluest counties here in the state of Arkansas. And uh, they're finding out that the, the lies of the media 
my listeners are. Uh, for instance, uh, they ended up sending the All-Star game to, to Colorado because of, uh, you know, Jim Crow 2.0, as the president said, about the the rules that were passed by the, the state legislature and, and uh of course, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, or just Georgia in general. And they've had a bigger turnout now uh, than uh, they've ever had and make Stacey Abrams look like a dummy. But the bottom line is is that uh, it seems to be working in that state. Do you think that that's true? Um, that's, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I just know that this Republicans, I think, are finally paying close attention to this issue. I say, I say in the film, and by the way, if you haven't seen the film, just go to 2000mules.com and you can stream it or buy a DVD. But I say in the film that, that Democrats pay attention to the election. Republicans focus only on the campaign. So Republicans are like, let's have a rally. You know, but Democrats are like, well, where are these drop boxes going to be located mm-hmm. who's going to open them up and when you take the ballot out of the envelope if it's an ambiguous ballot with a you know a check mark over here and a smudge over there how do you decide who that ballot goes for a trump or biden so democrats are excruciatingly careful to try to control that election administration process we just need more republicans to be poll watchers poll judges get involved with the process you know voting is good but but if you if you have the time and the ability to to work with the process more eyes on the process is there is, is definitely a help on my uh, morning uh a group that comes in here on Tuesday. Simone is here. She brought her husband. He wanted to say something to you. Go ahead. Dinesh, I'd like to say thank you for everything you do. You are appreciated. Hey, that means a lot. Thank you very much. All right. We'll let you go, Dinesh. Get, get back out there on another radio station and tell the truth to some people, okay? Will do. Thank you. All right. Bye talk bye. to you later. Dinesh D'Souza here on the Dave Ellswick Show. A break and then the Bible, guys, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. show time for the bible guys and we got a bible guy here steve hess is here billy is under the weather and scott is mia mia right now (laughs) yeah he said he'd be here today i just texted him and let's see if he's out there and he's going to be i know that he sold his home last week and he was moving so I, I can understand that that can throw a little kink into things because yeah. we were expecting him last week. But we'll see if he shows up today, and we got uh, we can we can be some do some talking with him. I'm looking here. Let me look and see if I gotten an answer from him. 
Alright, and the answer is I haven't heard anything. So <laughs> there you go. If he gets here, he gets here. They'll just go that way. But we got Steve Hess and you know, I kind of agree with him. If you can only have one to have the best looking and the and the and the most uh, intelligent is the way to go. That's right. <laughs> we'll find out if they're listening here. <laughs> yeah, in about a that's 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 very that's very true. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you what I've noticed this uh, more and more now uh, that more and more people now asking about uh, the second coming are asking what's what are the Hebrews saying. They're actually asking that question, which tells me that in Christianity, uh, they're starting to understand that maybe they've been missing something. Yeah. Do, do you get that feeling out there? Are you hearing? Are you getting that feeling? I mean, you're 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 probably more in touch with that than I am. Yeah, we've been seeing a, <clears throat> a real uptick in people reaching out, whether it be through the um, Facebook or the or, or website. Um, and people just visiting. So we're starting to see, of course, we've kind of anticipated that as the we move further down the road here with Hebraic Roots things that people are going to start to realize that connection. They're going to realize that a lot of these things that we did in traditional church was the traditions of men uh, and, and didn't maybe had good intention but didn't have solid biblical foundations or roots behind them. And when we kind of say it this way, and it, sometimes this sounds bad, uh, but... When you get and see what it is that we're actually doing, you get this, oh, well, that makes sense. But it's the people who are defending their denominations and things that are usually the ones that that kind of push back and and fight against what it is that we're doing. I've noticed that. Yeah. I've noticed that. And and it happens among all the mainstream evangelical uh, groups. I mean, it happens in Southern Baptist, uh, Missionary Baptist, I don't know, all the different Baptists that are out there, Church of Christ, all the rest of them, uh, they, they've, they tend to hang mm-hmm. on theology that if they really, really consider it and not just hang it on one verse, yeah. uh, there's a lot of uh, room for, uh, for understanding. Well, also remember that we live in a day in which we see a fulfilled prophecy with the nation of Israel, which is going to be even – could be sporty uh, tonight, further into tomorrow, because they have elections going on today. Yeah. <clears throat> Believe it or not, Netanyahu could be on a comeback. Right, right. And they they could actually um, add to what is the, the premise of your question, which is you know when people are talking about end time stuff, it's the chaos in the world today. There There is – chaos everywhere and you know i don't know 10 15 20 years ago you you've been in the political scene a lot longer than i have but when you see things like what happened in italy uh what happened um in england when you just have turnover after turnover i think greece not too long ago of national man they really went through a lot of turnover there and so Usually, those would be big deals about political upheavals and all the things that are going on in the world. Now, they're almost weekly that you see some national leader stepping aside. And my personal view is I believe it's it's leading to the chaos that's making the way for that, that one person to stand up. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is is that the Antichrist that's standing in the wings and yeah. waiting for his opportunity? Yeah, I, I think that's – you know. I believe that to be true. Um, whether it, 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 he may not stand up in the midst of what we're in right now, because in all honesty, as crazy as it is, it's not crazy enough. Uh, but if 
if we're not in that time period on the other side of history, people are going to look at this and say that was the thing that led to the World War III because of the chaos in the nations and the financial and the wars and different things that really ultimately launched us into the real you know, we I jokingly said for a while we've been staring down the barrel of 1938 for quite a while, and we're about to watch what happens next. Uh, but we just don't know what what is the thing that's going to launch it further. Yeah, there's chaos. a fuse out there. What will there be is. that strikes the match and lights it? That's the question. Yeah. Or has it already been lit? It's just a long fuse. Right. Yeah, and I, and I kind of see it um, these things playing out. And when people ask me about uh, end time stuff. One of the things I try and focus on now is not trying to tie exact scripture and verse together, mm-hmm. because I think that can get us in a lot of trouble. Uh, when too many people have written books and created charts and tried to lay out this nice, big, pretty chapter and verse flow of seven years and trumpets and bowls and vials and all these different things, and I think that we really need to really lean into the Holy Spirit whenever that time begins to play out, because it is going to happen in the geopolitical environment and. This, this young man that used to attend our church years ago said to me something that, that's kind of stuck with me and it's helped me kind of focus on this about the end times. He said the greatest political – I'm sorry, the greatest spiritual event in the history of mankind was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, of course it was. But to the the majority of the people in the world, it just seemed to be the murder and death of it's another – It's a blip. Right. It was just another political rebel who was trying to overthrow the religious and, and um, political leadership of Rome. And when he died, that was the end of it. And, and so you had to have uh, Jesus go before Pontius Pilate, the, the, you know, the prefect of Rome, had him to go before Herod um, and then um, uh, Caiaphas, you know, the religious leaders and the Jewish political leaders. And, and again, it was just – it's just politics to to the people that were outside looking. So when we see all of the things that are going on in the world, we have to realize that there are some spiritual forces behind what we think is just politics, and it's not. When you know you if because I believe America is on the downfall, because I believe America has to fall in order to establish the global society that's going to come, then it would make sense that. Uh, I'll say it nicely, that we have leaders that we have, uh, not just in the White House, but in the Congress and the Senate as well. We have because this is what our society is really asking for, whether we realize it or not, and it's because it's God's plan. And we have to realize that sometimes those things, the way they just play out, you can't fall as a people if you have solid leadership, solid political, moral, spiritual values. You're not going to fall. And our nation's lost all of that, and that's just part of the plan, I believe. All right, we got to take our first break. Let's do that. 14 minutes after 7, Bible Guy is here. You got a question? 501-743-0296 is the local number. Go ahead and give us a call, and Steve will try to uh, handle your question as you ask it on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Steve, I wanted to share something with you. I, uh, the last time I went to Life Group that I belonged to was a few weeks ago before I went to vacation. Uh, we'll be meeting again uh, next Sunday. And uh, one of the things that came up, and it kind of caught me off guard because I hadn't said anything about it. And, and that was people talking about when you came how long has it been now? Three, four years? Yeah, it's been a couple, yeah. Yeah, and then you came in and you talked about uh, Judeo-Christianity. Mm-hmm. 
And and, that, and look, it used to be that's the way it was referred to. Right. It wasn't just Christianity. It was Judeo-Christianity. And if you're a Christian and you never thought about uh, the solid and and uh, and uh, steel bond links between you and the Jewish faith. Uh, you need to learn about that. Yeah. You really, you really need to learn about that. But they were talking, and they kept talking about when you were there, and then it came up uh, about the seder and how much they had enjoyed when we did the seder. So I'm going to. You know, I just talked to Steve. He's going to. He's 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 agreed to teach again next uh, uh, year in the in the springtime when we have our life group. And I've promised him that we'll do a Seder, and I was asking him when's Passover, and I think you said in April. April the fifth. I just looked it up. Okay, so we'll be uh, we'll, we'll be doing a Seder uh, right around there, and I it's it's my firm belief that instead of us doing the whole Christian quote Easter thing, mm-hmm. that we should have church-wide seders yeah. and Passover meals so that everybody understands, number one, be nice to understand where communion comes from, yeah. and number two, that there's more of the communion than what we celebrate That's in right. communion. And, and you're be, practicing for when, it come, when Jesus comes back and you're doing it Yeah, because he says you're going to do it. Yep. We're going to do it in the kingdom. So if that's the case, uh, it's something that we we got to just seriously to you, take uh, into consideration. A thumbnail sketch of how important this is. <clears throat> so I do a couple messages based off that. I'm actually um, preaching um, in well, it's a week and a half at, at, on the Sunday service at Agape, and I'm going to be bringing in one word, and in that one word, um, it is an illusion. Um, not illusion it's a straight up statement about the coming of of jesus okay but i do a couple messages based around this idea of passover and if you go back in in genesis 15 the uh god made a covenant with abraham that's when god uh, abram at that time abram comes out and says how am i gonna you keep telling me i'm gonna have this land but i got no descendants And, and he says how do i know that god says just look to the stars and he says Okay, but how do I know that? And that's when God says, go get me some animals. It means, and so Abraham did it, cut the animals, and they made a covenant. The light, the torch, God was the only one who walked through that, which means God was responsible for bringing forth the covenant. <clears throat> and the rabbis say that that traditionally happened on the future date of Passover, that that's when that covenant was made. Then you fast forward to the binding of Isaac in Genesis 22, when God asked Abraham at that time to offer his son Isaac and he was going to do it but then God stopped him and it's a picture of you don't have to give me your son I'm going to give you my son the rabbis say that happened on the future date of Passover then you get the children of Israel in Egypt uh, Joseph makes a promise tells them that God says he's going to come visit you then Moses has the burning bush and then he goes and tells the people and God says that this is going to be a memorial for throughout all generations of what he did in Egypt. And then he does what he does in Egypt, and it's Passover. And then now they practice this, and they do this for the next 1,400 years. They're practicing this. Well, why are they practicing it? Because it was more than just remembering what God did in Egypt. It was a foretelling of what he was going to do when God himself came yeah, and died on Passover. Right. So – if this date, if the Passover, 
was so huge that God said, this is going to be the thing that's told throughout generations. This is the thing that people are going to tell for a memorial. Then why on earth, when the ultimate fulfillment of it comes, when Jesus comes and dies on the on Passover as the sacrificial lamb, why would you stop? Why would you take one verse, which is completely out of context, saying that he came to fulfill it, right? He did. He come to bring it to its fullness of understanding. So now you do it in remembrance of that. You don't replace it uh, with, you know, Babylonian hinted Yeah, pagan, with eggs right. and bunnies. You remember it for what it was, and it was a promise that God made now 4,000 years ago and said this day was going to come. And so you keep remembering it. And when you do that, it, the whole the story makes so much more sense. Well, here's the key, Steve. And, and I didn't understand it until Scott invited me one time to go to go to a Seder at his home. And Linda and I went over, and we went through there. And uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, the uh, the doctor was there. Yeah, and, Dr. Mosley. Yeah, was there. And uh, a lot of other people were there. And we sat and went through that Seder, and I'm going to tell you what. Until you go through a Seder, you're not really understanding what Steve is saying. Mm-hmm. You, you really don't. You're, you're thinking uh, Passover. You're thinking uh, putting the blood on, on the doors and all of that so the death passes over the, 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 the Jewish people in Egypt. It's much, much, yeah. much more than that, and uh, I think if if people go through that and they would be uh, educated about it, uh, we would see more and more churches do seders. Yeah, there's do a, you do you think that that's oh, true? Except for yes, except for what I said at the beginning. Those who want to defend their denomination, <clears throat> we we usually put that. Unfortunately, we have made the word Pharisee. Oh, wait a second, I got to stop here and just say, how is it defending your your your? Uh, your denomination to not be willing to give up Easter eggs and Easter bunnies and things of that nature. That's not giving up your denomination. That's giving up paganism. You're right. It is. But their denomination teaches that the law has been done away with, that those things were fulfilled at the cross. Therefore, they only need to be remembered in the light of that. We don't need to practice them. We don't need to remember them in the sense of doing them. We just need to go, oh, that was part of what God used to point to Jesus. Now, and we, you know, Scott and I use a very similar example. You know, I got a daughter that's coming to get married in January. That day's been proposed. So that just doesn't seem possible to me, but that's all right. I know, right. Uh, and so we don't, after the wedding, the fullness of the promise, you know, of the proposal, then go two years later and go, or a year later, don't harass me about our anniversary, sweetheart. You know, that happened. We already did that. Yeah, we remember we got engaged and we told everybody. That's what God did when he said about the engagement and all the things. And then he comes and he fulfills the date in which he was going to come. We're supposed to just forget about it? No, it doesn't work in our own life. We have no problem remembering birthdays, you know, holidays in our own country. But the greatest spiritual event that was prophesied and it also is going to have a fulfillment in the future why would we not remember it and practice it as God fulfilling his word? I just – and so we, the reason I say what I say about that is because the denominational aspect of things, it goes against some of the things in which they've established. Some of them got messed up in 48. 
when when Israel came back because they were they were they weren't supposed to be real. They weren't supposed to be a real people again. They weren't supposed to have the real land again. They were just supposed to be a spiritual thing that God used to get us to Jesus. Now the church is the real Israel, and then all of a sudden the nation gets reborn. God fills a promise that He said was going to happen. Jesus said it was going to happen, and now what do they got to do? They got a problem with some of their denomination and doctrine. And by the way, they're the primary proponents and pushers of anti-Semitism in the church. Are those people that tried to replace Israel with the church? So it's very important what you believe and the foundation that you lay. And what I was starting to say about Pharisees is we usually equate that to being a synonym to hypocrisy, and that's not fair because there were a lot of good Pharisees. But what we could say is they were the modern denomination of the day that had the traditions of their fathers that they would not give up when Jesus was coming teaching something contrary to what they believed. Even when it hits them in the face. Correct. And there are many people today that get hit in the face with some of this stuff, and they cannot accept it because it goes against what their pastor, their father, their grandfather, whoever taught them, and they cannot accept that level of change. All right. Well, I'll I'll make sure that everybody knows when we're going to do this and uh, i'll have to cut off you know a couple of weeks before uh so that we know how many people are coming uh, but we're going to open this up on my um, on the show and talk about it on the bible guys and how important it is to be uh, involved and it, i can't stress highly enough that you need to go through a seder mm-hmm. so that you understand you really understand for better or worse i'm going to i'm going to say easter and that that's what you're going to understand. I, yep. I don't even refer to it as Easter anymore. I call it Resurrection. Mm. Resurrection Sunday. That's what I call it. And, uh, you know, and I got, I've gotten away from the Easter bunnies and all that kind of crap. But the bottom line is, is that uh, you need to do the Seder. I'm just, after four years to have people come to me unasked and say, we need to do that again, Dave. Mm-hmm tells me it made a real impact in people's lives yeah and i think we did the condensed version if they're ready we need to ratchet it up and do the full three-hour version well (laughs) and we'll see if we can get that pulled off all right might have might have to do the reader's digest version all right right. as as far as that's concerned just just to try to make it uh more palatable especially if we get a lot of people who've never Mm. even been there before I forget if it was a Reader's Digest or it was the full... No, it was it, the short version. Was it the um, short version when I went over to Scott's as well? Uh, I'm not sure what he used. Yeah, I'm I, not sure. Yeah, I just... Because he he did the, he led the one that we did over there. And uh, and basically what it, the, he used was just a piece of paper, a regular sheet of paper on front and back. Yeah. The, the one that I personally use at our house has 40 pages. Wow. Yeah. Now it's... it's I've not seen that it's one. It's a booklet. So okay. it's, it's about 20 pages of regular 8.5 by 11. I, I haven't seen that. Yeah. It's, right. it's got a lot more information. Very cool. Yeah, that's very, very cool. All right. We've got to take a break here. We've got uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly coming up. And after Bill, then uh, Steve and I will come back. We I don't know where Scott is. He's out there somewhere. He probably is listening. And uh, Billy's under the weather. He'll be back hopefully next week. Uh, and when you guys come back next week, the election mm. will be going on. I mean, people will be uh, out there uh, voting, and then the week after that, we can uh, take a look at uh, what the results were. We take a temperature of our country at that point. With that said, let's uh, find out what's going on with Bill O'Reilly here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You're listening to 1011 FM, The Answer. Back with you. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Steve Hess is here. Uh, We've... uh, 
unveiled for you today. Uh, six months from now, uh, we're going to do a big Seder. I'll be asking uh, over at uh, New Life if we want to do it over there, or I might talk to Scott and see in their family Life Center, which they can sit 350 well, we, people, no problem. Yeah, we'll, we'll already be doing one yeah. for uh, for our own group over there. And so. see what we can do as far as that's uh, that's concerned, you know. Yep. And everybody, well, maybe if it's, is it going to be on a Sunday night? Uh, I don't know yet. Okay. I ain't, we, we got Hanukkah coming up. I ain't even thought about Passover okay, yet. Okay, <laughs> I got you. Yeah, you're getting ready to light the, uh, the candles, huh? Yep. When's that start? Uh, not till the middle of December, but we're kind of right now. The only thing I got on the brain is deer hunting. Ah, <laughs> yeah, you're going. You're going. You go out in the woods all the time. Yeah, I, you know, because I mean, deer season started back at the end of September, and because that was right in the middle of the holidays, everything got pushed to the right. And so once we cleared up everything after um, um, Sukkot Tabernacles. Uh, everybody knows if you want you want to get a hold of Steve, I'm either at work or I'm in the woods. In the woods, so you yeah. uh, you went out with your muzzle loader already? Yeah, yeah. Did you get anything? Uh, no, I, ki- <laughs> I killed a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> you saw a lot of squirrels. Yeah, yeah. That's they drive me crazy. I I'll be out there because I get out and it's still dark when yeah. I get out and get in the stand, and you're sitting there and it's real quiet, and then. Uh, the the sun you can start seeing it crack and you know that the hunt is on yeah. right because sunrise has started and the stupid squirrel stay in bed all right because right. I'm, right. I'm looking behind me because I'm hearing some movement and it's squirrels yeah and I'm not squirrel hunting yeah this is also where it's not just about the hunt because for me uh, this is my time of year to to get alone uh, because I enjoy the the quiet time as much as the hunt like even you spend a lot of that time with the lord yeah and so that's why i always tell people this is a very important time of the year for me because i enjoy because i run 24 7 i just that's just well in the business that you're in right your your hours of work are all over the place yep yeah so it's not just my paid job but my ministry job yeah i forgot about that yeah so i'm just constantly constantly running and so this is the time that i go I need to go and be alone, um, and and so I just enjoy the quiet time because when um, I'm the kind of person that's if if you want whatever it is you have to whatever your goal is, let's say if it's a weight loss goal, you can't have any snacks. You don't cheat. If we're going to do this, we're going to do this the extreme way. We're not going to tiptoe around it. We're not going to occasionally work out or occasionally eat right. It's all in. So you don't you don't have any snacks for occasionally when you had a great. You eliminate. And so for me, when I go into the woods, it, I eliminate people. I eliminate situations, and there I'm allowed to be still and be quiet. and just. Man, I'll be sure to text you. Yeah. <laughs> that was the good thing about where my dear lease is. My phone doesn't work out. Ah, okay. Well, that's good. So you can't get a hold of me until I come out of the stand. Uh, and so I got to sit there and watch like two small bucks just sparring back and forth and that kind of stuff. And I just enjoy. And then I understand the the – the the psalmist the proverbs and all of that how they use how job does and uses how god speaks through the things of nature and just what happens through the quiet yeah through the quiet you got to get all that extraneous noise out of your head yep you really do and that's why when people talk about how we're able to people to go and fast for so long and be alone it's because they weren't fast and driving past three mcdonald's on their way to work they went out into the wilderness <laughs> and they got away from everything where they knew they couldn't get to mcdonald's right they couldn't and they wouldn't be bothered by any uh, person or situation and they got to be still 
and it's when we're still and we go and spend that time that, that we'll be surprised at uh, how much God still speaks. Well, what did he tell us? You know, be still and know that I'm God. That's right. That's the key. I mean, if you yep. get really quiet and, and and you're not listening to your own thoughts, you'd be surprised at who you might hear. Yeah. That's right. the truth. No, it's true. And it's even when you talk about, you know, we go back to talk about some of the things about the prophetic. When God was getting ready to bring judgment uh, on Israel, he had prophets that were saying over and over and over again, you better stop. God is about to whoop on you. You better stop. You better repent. You better stop. You better repent. And it wasn't till the judgment came that they then cried out. Why? Because now that they can hear. Because God destroyed everything that they were trying to do of their own will, and now they were like, oh, we should have been listening. Wow, I'm not God. Right. Because that's what you're doing at that point. Right. You've put your place on the throne at that point. Yeah. As far as that. Yeah. We had a really good uh, sermon last week at uh, New Life. James Bennett, I'm so happy that he's my, my pastor. He's he's really good. He, he preaches well. He's gotten so much better. You know, I don't even remember how long I've been going now to New Life. I've been going since they were in the little building over there by the McDonald's on Main Street. And uh, now we're in a bigger building. We're getting ready to expand again. We had over 900 baptisms last year. And, I mean, things are growing and things are blowing and going. But sometimes you get so busy mm-hmm. that you can forget what you're doing and yep. james has been trying to remind us about you know we're we're out trying to share a message with a dying world because the majority of people you hang out with and that you talk to they don't know christ mm-hmm. and uh, it's up to us to share that with them and uh, you know th- this church has been i think doing an, an admirable job on that but he preached out of uh, out of acts last week and he was talking about uh uh, Paul and uh, and Luke, they were traveling together, uh, and they were on the ship and the shipwreck and and all that. And uh, as I was reading the verses going along, I started paying really close attention to about that shipwreck. That was a bad mm-hmm. mama jama mm-hmm. storm they got stuck in because it said for three days we didn't, we neither saw the sun. Or the stars. Now you got to understand that that was the two main w- ways that you navigated right. back in those days. Yep. And when you're being tossed and turned and and turned around and everything, you don't know where you're at at that point. And um, and, and you know, Paul with his cool head because God had talked to him, he told him they're going to run into a storm. He tried to even tell the captain they're going to run into a storm, and they wouldn't listen to him. And they ran into that storm, and then he was really uh, cool-headed about all of it. You're in the middle of this storm. All looks like it's lost. Everybody thinks they're going to die, and Paul says, no, you're not going to die. Not one hair on your head you're going to lose because of this. And uh, let's sit down and let's eat. Right? <laughs> Can you imagine? Right. There's and and it's not like it was a small boat. Right. This was a ship. I mean, there's 275 men on that ship. That's a big ship. That's a yep. lot of oarsmen as yep. well, and they couldn't get anywhere. Yep. It was really interesting talking about it, and then of course we we talked about the uh, the snake, the viper. Mm. It remind they remind you in the Bible. Remember, it says a viper. It used that word specifically because yep. they knew 
it was a poisonous snake, and they're waiting for him to blow up or just right. fall over dead, and he just shook it off his hand and kept on going. Right. That doesn't mean that you set up a whole denomination about <laughs> right. snake handling. That's yeah. not what that's there for. Right. You know, just kind of interesting. It is. That whole story that went down, and then that whole island found Christ because of that. Yep. It's amazing. Yep. And that's the— and They the, thought he was a god. Yep. He had, a, he had to get them away from that first. Yep. And it, I mean, and obviously, you could just run with that story from the idea of um, people, especially in this country, have forgotten that trials and tribulations are okay. Yeah, we and, all are going right. to go through them. Yeah, you're going to get tested and proven, uh, and you're going to find out who you are. That's why I always come back to using a lot of stuff analogy from military experience because that was the premise behind why they would push to make you find out what you're made of Mm -hmm. and push you beyond your limits. And so when you're going to do something for God and you see something like that, either God is testing you or the enemy is trying to prevent you. But either way, you're going to find God's hand in the midst of it, whether when he brings you through the other side of it, and that we shouldn't be afraid of those kind of events or look at them. And too many times we look at them as things are going bad. What did I do wrong to God? Yeah, but see, we forget. We forget that God said, hey, the rain falls on the just, just. and the unjust. Yep. We're, rain is coming into our lives whether we like it or not. Yep. Rain can bring good things or bad things. That's right. And the um, um, one of my favorite verses is John sixteen thirty three, when Jesus said, In this world you will mm-hmm. have tribulation. Yeah. He said, But be of good cheer, I have overcome this world. So we're going to have difficulty, but just try and find that peace in the storm. And move forward. Yep. Move forward. Do what I've told you to do. He's told all of us what our place is in all of this. You just got to find it. Well, and I think that whenever those things come, you got to ask yourself. I think there's three answers to whenever that happens. One, you do legitimately need to first ask the question, am I in this situation because of something I did with, Mm -hmm. you know, sin or a poor decision I made? You need to start there first. And if you can go, well, no, I don't know. I didn't do anything that violated God's word, nothing that would cause him to have to shake me from that. Okay, well, then is this a spiritual thing where the enemy is trying to prevent me from either attacking me or, or trying to prevent me from accomplishing something? And then some people don't like to talk about this because we, we tend to make it things just an absolute one side or the other. And, and sometimes life happens. Sometimes yeah. things just happen, and that's number three. And how you respond in it is is still the same, if you will. But, and I think that's where the rain falling on the just right. and the unjust and comes from. Sometimes it's not God trying to do something. Sometimes it's not the enemy trying to do something. Sometimes it's you're life. just driving down the road. The guy in front of you made a poor decision. He cut you off and swerved you into a, a guardrail and you wrecked your car. Mm-hmm. It, it just happens. Right? It's not that God ordained it. The devil didn't try and kill you that day. It's just the guy was trying to change his song on his iPad and he screwed up. Right. Wasn't paying attention. And things just happen. So, that's something that people don't think about. No. You know they want to assert. You know they want to assign some great spiritual thing to it. That uh, yeah, I was running. I was late for that meeting, and somebody held the door for me at the at the elevator. Well, that doesn't mean that God right. told the person to stick out his hand. It just means that he did what a good person should do. They see you hustling for the elevator. Hold it for the guy or the lady, whichever it is, right. you know, kind of thing. All right, let's take a break. We've got about 13 minutes left. Steve Hess is here trying to bring down uh, uh, 
I don't want to say religion, trying to bring down spirituality to where the rubber hits the road. On the Dave Ellswick Show, 1011 FM, The Answer. Nine minutes, let's finish it up for a Tuesday uh, with Steve Hess. Don't forget, at 9 o'clock today, special guest in my last hour of the show uh, is going to be uh, Blue Keller. He's coming by. He's running for sheriff of Pulaski County. I want him to come on uh, one last time and tell you what he'd do if he is elected, how he'll get things straightened out uh, at the jail, how he's going to get things straightened out here in the county, uh, and whatnot. Now, the mayor... I've, I've, I've asked. He's not going to come on. That's not going to happen. Of course, he doesn't want to go through the big celebration of 70 murders, uh, the most that we've had since 1993. As soon as if we have another murder before the end of the year, we will have broke that record. Mm. And this is under this mayor's watch. Why you would vote for him again, I don't know. I'm just being honest with you. I, I would expect this is a man would uh, go out and get the, the necessary people he needs for, for his police department, that they would uh, change uh, the way that they're policing. Uh, there's got to be teeth uh, with what the, what the police can do and when they arrest you and when you show up in front of judges instead of, uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll just put you on uh, probation. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. People who can't play with other people don't deserve to be out where they have to play with yeah. other people. And I think you also have to make sure that you get the back of your officers and you don't oh, yeah. you don't crucify them, so to speak, if they make one single mistake and, and it just turns Seeing into that. Big, right, and it turns into you know the big political thing. And I think that's the biggest reason why you see so many officers leaving everywhere around the country because they're having to make a split to sec split second decision to save their lives or save somebody else's life and it's immediately turned into you know a political or racial issue and and then their life gets upended and they may end up in jail or they lose their career simply trying to do their job and not because they were being bad well it's like being asked what uh, what the mayor's going to do and he says well i've got a plan well if you've got a plan why haven't you instituted yeah. it now yeah no you know that just doesn't make sense to me nope that's that's not having... Every politician has a plan in October and November. Yep, you're right. And then when it doesn't work, then they don't. Right. <laughs> it's that right. simple. Or if they try to do things that you know won't work. I mean, I saw in Chicago uh, that uh, the legislature there in Illinois is working on this uh, no... Uh, I don't have to pay any money to get out of jail or anything. You can... You know, you can go just to show up in front of the judge and you've you've beat somebody to a pulp or whatever and and they go well no you don't have to put any bond money up you can go ahead and go on you're such a good upstanding citizen we know you'll come back yeah go on and sit at home and we know you won't do anything to anybody else it's just the most ignorant uh kind of program i've ever heard but they're they're trying to pass that it's called the safe program of course, if it's being put forth by Democrats, all I can say, whatever the program says it's going to do to its title, count on the opposite. Right. That's right. what it ain't going to be safe in Chicago. And whatever it's not they say safe it's there. going to cost, it'll cost twice as much. Yeah, or more. <laughs> right. Or more. All right, we got uh, we got four minutes left, and let me get with uh, see what you guys got. Uh, you said you got Hanukkah coming up. Yep. You got deer hunting right now. Of course, <laughs> that's right. you're going to be out in the woods. But uh, is Hanukkah the next large festival you all will be doing over at uh, at uh, Agape? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that that'll be the um, uh, the 
I think it starts somewhere around the 14th or 15th of December. It's not actually one of the commanded um, That's festivals right. from, from God. But Christ did go uh, right. to Hanukkah. In John 10, 22, it records how he went there for the Festival of Lights. Um, it is actually a fulfillment of a prophecy mentioned in the book of Daniel, I believe, chapter 8. Uh, and so it's it's worth uh, remembering from that aspect that it, it is actually a fulfilled prophecy and, and, and Jesus himself went to remember it. So that's why we look at it. You know, we, we – uh, uh, some put some further and deeper meanings, but I don't go beyond the text. So I kind of some people will pull from some extra biblical records to say that certain things happened during that period of time, but I don't I don't buy those. So I kind of stay within. Hey, Daniel talks about a time in which a, a leader was going to rise out of the the four diverse kingdoms of Greece. That's what happened. A guy named Antiochus came and he he, he uh, ransacked the temple for three and a half years. That's what Daniel eight says was going to happen. At the end of that three and a half years, it was going to be taken back. That's what happened. He's the guy that sacrificed the pigs yep. and stuff, right? Okay. Yep. yep. And so he he did the first time the abomination of desolation. It's mentioned a couple times in the scriptures. That's the first time it happened. The second time it happened was in uh, 70 A.D. at the destruction of the temple. That would be the Romans. Yep. And so we're still looking for another time in which that prophecy will be fulfilled when they rebuild the temple and all that stuff. All right. So keep that all in mind. That's all. That's all stuff that you, if you sit down and. And you, and you read your uh, your Bible, you'll find out about. Mm-hmm. Are, is there is there a concordance uh, that a Christian can have that that deals with Hebraic mm. uh, belief? Has anybody put something like that? I see somebody needs to put that together. Yeah, there, there's um, most of the stuff that you know, like when Pastor Scott and I started getting into all these other things, it comes from so many different sources and so many different books. Um, that I don't know that there's a a single book that you could point to that would kind of put all it together. There, are, there, are, yeah, not that not that I can think of. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, just a question. Yeah. Just a question. And by the way, don't walk up to your Jewish friend and, and say, "Hey, you guys having uh, your uh, your Jewish Christmas?" Uh, that won't fly when no, you talk about not. when you talk. That's just that that is ultimately very rude right. to say something like that. Yeah. Now, I would say I think you can make a case that the gifts aspect of Hanukkah um, came about because of all the Jews and Christians together and, in, in, you know, up in the northeast and stuff. And um, that, you know, the, the Jewish kids were going, hey, all these Christian kids are getting presents. <laughs> so that gift aspect of it okay. I think, probably came from that. But no, the. The celebration of Hanukkah itself predates the birth of Messiah. Well, yeah. It goes back a long way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're out of time. It's always a pleasure to have yes, you sir. join me, Steve. And uh, I think I'll be here next week. Oh, good. Yeah. That's even better because uh, we'll be talking we'll about go. election time. And we'll, we'll, Maybe we'll, I should we'll, we'll <laughs> And we'll talk a little bit about that. I uh, am of the, the feeling... I don't think that the country is too far gone yet, but I'm going to tell you what, to get it back to where it needs to go, we got a lot mm-hmm. of things that we got to got to address and I don't know if you can do it in 2 years much less even 6 years. I think we need a massive spiritual revival before we can expect That's the only way that any political change whatsoever. You got to have we got to get scales off our eyes so we can actually see the I, truth. I'll, I'll try and say this cut me off if I, I talking with a guy I work with from a political standpoint. He said I cannot have a conversation with somebody on the left because when you want to cut up and mutilate children, mm-hmm. not talking about abortion, we're talking about transgender. He goes, you and I are not on the same planet, and we cannot have a conversation about how we want to deal with anything else. It's not even – we can't even start. And that's how 
opposite we are on left and right right now. That's how extreme it is. And that's why a, a spiritual awakening is a must before we expect any kind of political. All right. Thanks, Steve, for coming in. Don't forget, 9 o'clock, Blue Keller. I'll be back with you at that time. I'll see you then here on the Dave Ellswick Show. get into it. We're waiting on Blue Keller to arrive. He's going to join us today in the 9 o'clock hour and and uh, talk about uh, what's going on in his campaign here on the Dave Ellswick Show. He hasn't arrived yet. I expect that he'll be here uh, any moment. Uh, latest poll numbers, real clear politics, and they, uh, they look at not a poll that they do, but they, a combination of all the polls that are out there. And uh, yesterday, if you were paying any attention to New York Times, they were saying uh, the Democrats and the Republicans are tied all across the board. Well, let's take a look at what uh, Real Clear Politics is saying, not just from New York Times, but from other polls as well. In Michigan, uh, where Whitmer is taking on Dixon, Dixon, uh, just a couple of months ago, seemed to be out of that race. Now it is statistically a tie. It is literally 45-45 is what they're saying. Now, here's what I'll always tell you, that when you look at the numbers of a Republican in polling, because the Republicans are traditionally under undercounted, add three so that would make it Dixon 48, Whitmer 45 going into this last week. In New York, uh, when you look at uh, uh, the, uh, the, the race uh, for governor there, uh, Zeldin versus uh, Hakul or Hokul or however she pronounces her last name, who stepped in for Como after he went through all of his uh, garbage. They're showing a statistical tie there as well uh, at 48-48. Out in New Mexico, the governor's race between uh, uh, Rochetti against uh, Graham. They're showing Graham is up uh, by uh, a couple of points. In the uh, Texas governor race, uh, you remember they were always talking about how strong O'Rourke was going to be as a candidate and all of that. Uh, Beto is down by 13 points uh, in polling. Uh, 
uh, dealing with uh, Texas. Uh, In the polls that are out there for Colorado in the governor's race, uh, right now we're seeing uh, uh, Gahani uh, up by 13 points. Uh, Missouri uh, Senate, uh, the the Schmidt versus Valentine race, Schmidt by 14. It's uh, a red, that's the uh, Republican Alabama Senate, Britt versus Boyd, Britt up by 29 points. Alabama Governor uh, Ivy, the Republican, leads uh, Flowers, the Democrat, by 35 points. And uh, in the generic congressional vote, it shows Republicans up by two, make that five and if it, if it's a five point lead, that's huge. I mean, just literally huge uh, for Republicans going into the generic polling uh, here as we move into the final week. Uh, generic uh, congressional vote. We've got uh, Republicans up by two. Uh, direction of the country wrong track uh, is uh, plus. 50, about 58. Uh, General Electric, uh, Trump versus Biden. Why they're doing it? They're doing That's what they're doing. They got Biden by eight. Uh, New Mexico, Trump versus Biden. Biden by 10. Missouri, uh, Trump versus Biden. It's Trump by 16. So uh, that's uh, where the latest polling is uh, is sitting right now trying to give us an idea of what's uh, what's coming coming down uh, all the latest poll numbers so I'm trying to bring those up for you and uh, here we go still tie uh, tie New York Michigan a tie for governor um, New Mexico uh, the Democrat leads by two. Uh, in the uh, in Texas, governor still Abbott leading by 13. Colorado, Bennett, the uh, Democrat, leading by eight. And uh, Colorado go- uh, governor's oh, the Senate race, pardon me, that's Bennett by eight, and uh, for governor uh, by Dehani uh, or Polis, by the way, Polis, pardon me, up by 13. Missouri, Schmidt up by 14. Uh, He's the Republican. Alabama Senate, uh, Republican up by 29. And uh, that's about it. That's about what I got for you right now. So anyway, uh, I I think the polls are breaking the the Republicans' way. Uh, Typically, uh, this is when the the, uh, independents start making uh, their decision. And what's happening, it looks like, is that uh, we've got uh, the independents falling towards uh, the Republican heavy in all the races. So we'll have to see. Uh, there's a, uh, a district in uh, Philadelphia that if the Republican wins that district, uh, typically in the big races, Republicans win. If Democrat wins it, Democrats win. Um, and right now, uh, Doc Oz is leading by about five or six points in that district. So 
I know a lot of people are still saying Fetterman's going to win. A lot of the polls that were showing him up were taken before the debate. And I think that debate had had a major, major impact. And uh, we'll be interested to see how uh, that plays out uh, for us here uh, over the next uh, couple of days as those uh, polls then come in and tell us at the very end how uh, the uh, electorate is, is looking towards uh, the uh, the race. All right, uh, we got 13 after. Let's go ahead and get our first break in. And that way we can we can wake up, uh, wait uh, a few moments here for uh, Blue Keller and see what's uh, going on. Don't forget about Hillcrest Jewelry. Jewelry. Uh, I've been talking and I've been telling you about with Eric Coleman about Christmas. He's doing something for me uh, uniquely, uh, you know, uh, made a creation by him. I gave him the idea. He's taken it from there. I've seen... Uh, uh, the sketches now, I've uh, and uh, it looks fantastic. I've given him the okay to make it, and so uh, looking forward to when he has it ready sometime right before or right after uh, Thanksgiving. Then uh, he's got 10, maybe 12 other people that are waiting. If you're wanting something as a unique creation uh, from Eric Coleman, who is an artisan, I mean, he'll take whatever your ideas are, and if you give him direction, he'll make what you want perfectly. Uh, you know, but if you want Eric to do something uh, that's going to be uh, special for that special someone you're buying for, you need to get in and talk to him now. And I mean, go see him at five or at three thousand Cavanaugh Suite E, open Monday through Saturday, ten to six. While you're there, check out the uh, display cases, see some of the other people who make jewelry and that uh, uh, Eric uh, displays. You can uh, take in uh, an estate uh, set that you might have from your mother, your father, uh, your grandmother, whatever. Uh, He'll look at it. He'll give you an appraisal for that. And you can decide what you want to do with the money. You can take the money and run, or you can take the money and and buy something out of display cases. Or Eric could, you know, take and uh, melt it down and make it into something absolutely unique that you can wear uh, to show your uh, your love for that person and a remembrance of that person. On top of it, don't forget he does the repairing, he does the cleaning, he does it all. He is a, a, a sure stop and get everything done uh, at Hillcrest Designer uh, Jewelry. Again, 3000 Cavanaugh Suite E, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Stop by and see Eric Coleman today few more things dealing with the uh, upcoming election. We are a week out now. Uh, You will have Election Day uh, Tuesday next week. Uh, I've already voted. You can vote now. Uh, You know, uh, early voting is ongoing right now. And uh, you have, uh, you know, your opportunity to go out and let people know how, how you feel about what you think is going on. This from Bloomberg, uh, saying Democrats' prospects for holding on to Congress are fading uh, a week before the U.S. election as voters focus on economic concerns. Uh, As President Clinton and his uh, 
campaign said back in the 90s, it's the economy stupid. It still is the economy stupid. And you can try to throw any other thing up in front of the American people. But if you can't feed your family, if you can't clothe your family, if you can't go on a vacation, uh, if you go to the grocery store and uh, you literally can't buy some of the things that you really would like to have, uh, because of the cost of those items and uh, the inflation that has driven up the costs. Uh, I mean, I grow. I, I bought one big bag of uh, Halloween candy uh, that just a year ago was going to cost me um, about $8.10 and was um, almost uh, $10 uh, at the store yesterday. Um, you know, and yeah, that's only $2 on a bag of candy, but you start adding you know 50 cents up to 2 250 and even more if you're buying meat uh, for each individual item you start adding up some uh, you add up money it becomes uh, big money at that point and uh, they want uh, that's what uh, these uh, republicans are pushing out economic concerns uh, rather than the, the whole thing about abortion rights Say, abortion doesn't mean anything if you can't feed the family that you have uh, and re- Republicans have made inflation a central issue in the race and have from the very uh, begin, uh, beginning of this. Inflation still high. A recession is near a certainty now. They're going to raise the uh, uh, the Fed's going to raise interest rates again uh, by another uh, three quarters of a point. And, uh, you know, we just passed over seven percent on a uh, uh a house loan, a mortgage, uh, just uh, uh, late last week. No telling where it will be by the end of this week. People who had been saving to buy a house are now finding they're not in the they're not in the market anymore uh, because they can't uh, they can't buy. Now, I, here's what I'll tell you: If you're a veteran, find somebody who's trying to sell, has a home like you're wanting to get, and look at what uh, kind of. Uh, of a, um, a mortgage they have through VA because you can assume their uh, loan and then maybe you got to take a secondary loan out to be able to afford uh, the cost of the house completely uh, because most homes are going to be worth a lot more than what they were initially. Uh, gasoline uh, prices dipped a little bit, but they still remain costlier than they were, even though uh, the president said they were at $5 a gallon when he was elected, which is just not true. It's an absolute falsehood. Uh, based on current trends, Republicans will likely gain between uh, 30 to 35 House seats. I'm, I'm throwing out there about 44, uh, between 40 and, uh, and 50. Uh, and they're going to come away with a one- or two-seat advantage in the Senate. I think they're going to get a four-seat advantage in the Senate. The outcome would flip both chambers and uh, of Congress, and that changes everything. I mean, that literally will change. Just, just changing the House will change a lot. But if you can change both of them, uh, you can really see things uh, change. Now, if it, it happens the way that uh, Bloomberg's saying, uh, it wouldn't necessarily rise uh, this change uh, for 94 or 2010. Uh, let's just talk about uh, 2010. Uh, 
the Democrats lost 63 House seats in uh, 2010. Back in 1994 with Clinton, uh, they lost 53. I, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that 50 is is uh, is going to be the stopping point here. Uh, there's a lot more that still could go Republicans' way, and we could say see something happen uh, in the mid 50s where you see uh, Biden uh, losing more seats than when Clinton did. I don't know if Biden can lose in the low 60s. Might uh, it would have to be a perfect night, perfect storm would have to happen. Herschel Walker and Senator Raphael Warnock are like uh, are locked right now uh, in a tie as they enter the final week of campaigning before the midterm elections, according to a Monday poll. I don't know how that is going to play out a- as well, because Stacey Abrams uh, letting everybody know what she thinks of the police. You know, when uh, Herschel, uh, uh, not Herschel Walker, but Kemp, was pushing on her about uh, not having any backing by the police force. Uh, He's got like 107 different uh, groups behind him. And uh, let me read to to what uh, she said. Uh, Kemp on Sunday night that 107 sheriffs had endorsed uh, uh, him. And then uh, uh, Abrams came back and uh, and said... uh, that the reason that was happening is because, uh, no, I don't have 107 sheriffs uh, who are backing me uh, who want to be able to take black people off the streets. And that did not play well in the debate. I mean, that did not play well at all. Uh, The uh, governor has characterized calls for defunding the police as, quote, simply an insane idea. Abrams has denied that she supports defunding law enforcement, but she serves as a leader in multiple organizations that do, in fact, support defunding uh, the police. Back to Walker and Warnock, who uh, are at uh, in a tie, Walker holding a 46 to 45 percent lead. Walker saying this, quote, I think we can get Senator Warnock out of that office. I think he's shown that he doesn't deserve to be there. After two short years, everybody uh, can see that we got this high inflation. We got the border wide open. We got men in women's sports. He raised our taxes. There are so many things that he's done that he doesn't deserve the seat from the great people of Georgia. Now, notice uh, he pushed uh, the economy, and uh, he pushed the high inflation. Then he dropped in some other things that people are concerned about, the border. I, I heard people in Pennsylvania today talking about border problems. That's something typically in Pennsylvania you wouldn't hear. But uh, it's it's making it it's it's uh, self uh, felt that uh, topic even in Pennsylvania. I mean, we're all border states. I think people are beginning now to really realize that when you see all the fentanyl that's been coming into the country, and the Chinese make it, and then they filter it in through uh, you know Mexico, 
and into uh, the United States. So we got to shut up the border. We got to got to clamp down. We've got to make sure uh, that we can uh, slow down these drugs that are coming in. And uh, I think we have a better chance of having that happen if the Republicans are uh, in office at that time. Uh, other stories that are going on that you need to be kept up on and that uh, that are interesting, uh, the Department of Homeland Security. Now, you remember they wanted to put together kind of a uh, uh, Department of... Uh, of uh, peace or Department of uh, of uh, Information in the DHS. Uh, now they are quiet, quiet, they're quietly broadening their effort to curb speech it considers dangerous. Uh, an investigation by the Intercept uh, has found years of internal DHS memos, emails, and documents obtained via leaks in an ongoing lawsuit, as well as public documents illustrate an expansive effort by the agency to influence tech platforms. Uh, Ed Morrissey from uh, Hot Air says the breadth of the issues on which they plan to intervene and may already be intervening is breathtaking. Racial justice covers an awful lot of ground, especially given progressives' impulse to claim that every issue has an element of racial justice to it. So, we thought we got rid of that lady that they were going to put in the top of that uh, uh, that uh, department, and uh, we thought we had stopped it, but it's still moving forward, but they just moved it over to Homeland Security. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you, this story just breaking, and that being that... Uh, The Supreme Court and Supreme Court Justice, Justice uh, John Roberts, has granted a stay temporarily blocking former President Trump from having to turn over his tax records to Democrats on the House Ways and Means Committee. Trump and his legal team uh, yesterday filed asking the Supreme Court to block the release of his tax records. The House Ways and Means Committee first requested six years of Trump's tax returns in 2019. Quote, upon consideration the application of counsel for the applicants, it is so ordered that the mandate of the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, case number 21-5289, is hereby stayed pending further order of the underside signed or of the court. Roberts' uh, order states, requesting that the committee respond before next Thursday uh, by noon. In 2021, the Justice Department said Congress should be able to review the records, a decision Trump and his legal team have appealed. U.S. District Judge Trevor McFadden ruled last December that the Treasury Department should turn the tax returns over to the Congressional Committee and a three-judge panel on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals agreed with that ruling. That was in August. The full bench of the D.C. Circuit Court denied uh, Trump's request to stop the release last week. House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Richard Neal, Democrat of Massachusetts, said last week that Trump has tried to delay the inevitable. 
We've waited long enough. We must begin our oversight of the IRS's mandatory presidential audit program as soon as possible, Neil said in a statement. Uh, so that uh, what's sitting out there. Uh, a lot of what happens from here will uh, depend on what happens on Tuesday. Because if a lot of those uh, Democrats are um, not reelected and the, uh, the House moves over into the Republican uh, uh, category, uh, don't expect a, a big push. Although uh, the Democrats could try to do it during uh, the lame deck, uh, lame duck so- uh, cycle that will uh, happen right after the election up until January 1st when the Republicans would take over. The, uh, you know, they could go crazy and, and try to do all kinds of things because they'll have uh, uh, control of the, um, the House still. So uh, we'll, we'll keep our eye on that, see what happens, and see what goes on uh, as far as uh, that's all uh, taken care of. All right, uh, so in the wake of Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband being assaulted in her home, uh, Representative Tom Emmer, Republican of Minnesota, called out the uh, hypocrisy of a CBS News host who tried to blame Republican rhetoric for encouraging violence. Now, you've been, I'm sure, hearing about this story uh, if you've been watching news in any way, shape, or form. The Washington Examiner saying establishment media are panicking as they are on the verge of losing the beloved Democratic congressional majorities. Now they are demanding that Republicans stop criticizing Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The arbiters of truth in our media have decided that the attack on Paul Pelosi in his home was somehow directly the result of Republican rhetoric rather than an attack by a man who, quote, has been mentally ill for a long time, unquote, and went off his rocker because of drug use. Uh, Banshi, CBS News anchor, loses her mind because the GOP is running political ads nine days before a midterm. Um, and they're, they're saying that, you know, uh, the Republican ads are so vile, so terrible, uh, that, uh, hey, uh what we need to do is uh, make them stop running it or there's going to be uh, more attacks. You know, it, it's funny that that is what comes out from the Democrats uh, when Steve Scalise and Republicans on a baseball field uh, came under attack and Scalise almost lost his life. Nothing. Crickets from the Democrats. Oh, they they gave their, no, that's not good. No, it shouldn't happen. Bottom line is, never should it happen to either party. There's no reason to try to take somebody's life uh, because of uh, uh, politics. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not uh, in any way, shape, or form condoning that, have never condoned that. I mean, when people say, you know, Dave, maybe it's time to take up weapons, I always look at them and, and I say, no. Uh, it's not time to take up weapons. We still have uh, a, wor- a working electorate. Now, we can look at what happened during the last election and, and say, see, and look at uh, history and say, see, people have tried to cheat. Yes, they have. Now, in most cases, they've been caught. Some cases, they have not. 
but uh, I don't think uh, uh, the use of firearms uh, would do anything. I, you know, some people seem to relish the thought of a new civil war. I hear them talking. They talk to me at times. I don't want to because, look, I've been, in, I've been around where people are shooting at me, and it's not fun. And uh, I bet you most of the people that are, are talking about, hey, you know, we, we need to, you know, overthrow these people or whatever. That's craziness from either the left or the right. No, we don't need to do that. I mean, I, I look at some of the things Thomas Jefferson said, and I would love to sit, be able to sit down. I can, of course. been nice to be able to sit down with Jefferson and, and, and see what he was really pointing at. Uh, in in those in those times when he made the statement, and uh, you know that sometimes the tree of liberty has to be watered with the blood of patriots. You know, I like I like to find out what he was really kind of saying in context. All right, we got to get a final break in here, and then uh, I'll be back to finish up again. I apologize, Blue Keller. Uh, didn't show up for his planned interview today. I don't know what happened. I'm sure there's a reason for it. Uh, I'll find out. I'll have an answer for you uh, tomorrow. Uh, on Wednesday's uh, 9 o'clock hour, Roby Brock is going to be here, and we'll be talking to him about business, and we'll be talking to him about politics, and we'll see perhaps what kind of poll numbers he's seeing here in the state of Arkansas. I can tell you as far as the uh, races uh, for the constitutional offices, uh, they are all going the Republican way. Uh, there might be some local races that they might want to uh, talk about. Hey, don't forget about Billy Mack. He's a good buddy of mine. Uh, I use his business, ICU Protection. Uh, that that ICU Protection does the uh, security for Nuke One, and uh, that's good enough for me to tell tell you that I uh, talked to him and, and have him uh, put uh, a security system in my home. I uh, got the door and window sensors on all my doors, all my windows. Can't come in without when it's, uh, when it's armed and not set off something. Uh, and I also have cameras around the house so I can see in places that uh, you might not think that I can see. So I feel very comfortable uh, in my home. I like the analytics they use. I like the motion detection that they have. And I'm glad to be uh, under the protection of ICU protection. You can do this for your home. You can do this for your business. And here's the best thing about it, all right? If you call 501-205-1333 and talk to Billy Mack or one of his people, they will tell you uh, you got to pay for the service monthly, something that you got to do. But they're not going to hit you with a big uh, bill uh, for all of that equipment. You don't pay anything for that equipment. All that equipment is included uh, with Billy Mac. And so, uh, you know, no big checks up front. Just don't have a real big check that you got to worry about. Get the best service that you possibly can at the right price. And that's ICU Protections, 501-205-1333. Talk to uh, Billy Mack or one of his associates. Quickly, an update on what's going on on the roads around the area. 
A crash involving a pair of tractor trailers and another vehicle has slowed traffic on westbound Interstate 40 for drivers in Pulaski County. The crash happened uh, about a half hour ago, just before the Maumel exit, and blocked the inside and middle lanes of traffic. So that's backing up quick. You know it is. Uh, there were no injuries reported in the crash, uh, but the wreck and response has the interstate traffic backed up to going uh, back east of the Interstate 430 interchange. So backed up quite a ways. As of 930... There was no estimate for when the roadway would be cleared. So uh, if you can get around that area without going through it, which is kind of tough to do if you're going westbound here in Arkansas to try to get over and off of I-40, do so, and uh, you can get around that crash if possible. So that's something that that you should be uh, keeping, uh, keeping up on as far as that I I can't say that we'll get that information that way all the all the way through the afternoon or whatever, but you can figure that it'll take away a ti- up, up, some time to uh, clear that for you uh, out there on uh, on I forty going going westbound. That's just uh, something to be to be expected, and that that's going to happen. So keep that in mind. Uh, Real clear politics again. Uh, has a, a story uh, out on the uh, the internet that's kind of uh, interesting in that uh, in San Francisco they've got some crazy stuff going on uh, they have a uh, problem with uh, buying toilets uh, in San Francisco down towards the Embarcadero they put a to- there was a place they wanted to put a toilet kind of out of the way kind of place and that toilet are, are you ready you know we we all everybody always takes shot at uh, at the military about how much like hammers are and things of that nature um let me just tell you that uh, bottom line is this toilet is going to cost you the taxpayer 1.7 million dollars for a toilet now you you heard me right. I didn't misspeak. One point seven million dollars for a toilet. All right. By the way, if you didn't know, nobody won the uh, Powerball last night. The next drawing will be uh, tomorrow, and it will be for one point two billion dollars. One point two billion dollars. Now the government's going to get their fair share. All right, they're going to get a lot of it. You'll probably end up with getting about half of that, but I, I or maybe even just a quarter. But if you get just two hundred and fifty million dollars, I would hopefully uh, think that you could live your life uh, that way. So keep that uh, keep that up as far as uh, that's uh, concerned. So uh, that's uh, what's going down right now. Uh, I brought you up to date on everything tomorrow. Again, we're going to be uh, hearing uh, from Roby Brock. He'll be on in the 9 o'clock hour. I'll be looking forward to hearing what he has to say uh, on on all of this stuff. Uh, just one in three people are supporting Biden's energy policy of putting America last. Uh, this is a, 
an op-ed that was written uh, by Stephen Moore. Joe Biden's energy policy is coming up empty with voters on the eve of the critical midterm elections. A new poll by TIP finds that 63% of American consumers directly blame President Biden either, quote, a great deal or just some for the increase in the national average of nearly $4 a gallon for gas at the pump. Now, that's across the United States here in, in Arkansas. We're lucky. Uh, I, I filled up yesterday. It was $3.12 a gallon over at Sam's in uh, North Little Rock. With September's overall year-over-year inflation at 8.2%, Americans want to replace the Biden administration's policies that restrict energy independence and inhibit affordability. The latest tip poll on energy independence of October 22 measured the opinions of adults on Biden's energy policy as well as views on usage of different fossil fuel types for the future. The results indicate that Americans want to return to energy independence. The poll was conducted via an online survey from a sample of uh, about 1,400 adults uh, October 5th to October 7th. The results have a credibility interval of about plus or minus 2.8 percentage points. This should come as no surprise given that the price of gas is now roughly a buck and a half a gallon higher than in January of 2021. According to the U.S. Energy Information uh, Administration, the EIA, the national average gas price was $2.39 per gallon when Biden took office, compared to $3.87 a gallon today. These higher energy prices ricochet into higher uh, prices for nearly everything that we buy. Energy has gone up 19.8%. Gas increased by 18.2% over the 12 months ending in September. Groceries like cereal, eggs, and milk underwent increases of 17.7%, 30.5%, and 15.2% respectfully over the past year. And that's having a devastating impact on American consumers. The major cause of inflation is the multi-trillions of dollars spent by Congress, but another contributor is Biden's American last energy policies. Within a week in office, the administration introduced sweeping radical reform, ranging from ceasing new oil and gas leasing on federal land and offshore waters to blocking mining on American soil that is rich with metals like copper, nickel, platinum group elements and other rare earth minerals to finally abandoning the Keystone XL pipeline. Attempting to mitigate high gas prices this year, the Biden administration has tragically depleted the uh, SPR, or the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, from uh, 640 million barrels to 450 million barrels, now reaching its lowest level in four decades. And to add insult to injury, uh, yesterday, President Biden threatened to pursue higher taxes on oil companies' profits if the industry giants do not work to cut gas prices. Biden has uh, criticized oil companies that have made record high profits as consumers struggle to keep up with high gas prices. 
Price of a gallon of gas was three seventy six Monday, down from a record of over $5 in June, but still higher than a year ago. Quote, their profits are a windfall of war, Biden said, referring to Russia's war in Ukraine. It's time for these companies to stop their war profiteering. Is it profiteering when your government says that uh, you're a terrible industry? And uh, here he's calling you a war profiteer. Uh, you got that going on. Yeah, you cut down, uh, you know, not being able to open pipelines to move product. Uh, you're told that uh, it's okay, or banks are told it's okay, not to loan money uh, to oil and gas or fossil fuel companies because that's not being, uh, you know, a, a real uh, – Patriot, if you loan money to them, because we got to wean ourselves off of the uh, fossil fuels. And uh, this is going to continue. It's going to continue for a while yet. Now, if the if the Republicans take the House and they take the Senate, uh, there's some things that they can do uh, to stop some of the things that Biden is trying to get done. And, um, you know, maybe his last two years, he'll just be a lame duck. Uh, we can only hope, but it will be it's still going to be difficult because he is the president. You know, he does have a pen and a cell phone, as, uh, you know, President Obama used to uh, tell us so often. OK, I'll be with you uh, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. It's a Wednesday. That means at 7. We'll talk to Congressman Hill and we'll talk to Congressman Westerman. I want to talk to them about uh, the attack on Paul Pelosi. I want to talk to them about where they think uh, the elections are showing right now, how it looks here in Arkansas, how it's looking uh, for us to get the Senate, how many seats do they think that we'll pick up in the House. We'll do all of that tomorrow between 7 and 8. 9 o'clock, Roby Brock will be with us, and we'll talk politics and where all the races are as far as the state of Arkansas. I'm Dave Ellswick. Have a great afternoon. I uh, Again, I apologize, Blue Keller, not being here. Uh, we don't know why he didn't show. I'm sure he has a good, uh, a good reason for that. If we can get him on before the election, we will here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Until tomorrow at 6 a.m., have a great one. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.